Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dumpty Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. It's P&Q here, Philippa Hall, never known to be without her makeup on. And Quentin Rayner, although you might get more response from a damp cloth. And who could have thought that we peeled your limp bodies off the carpet only half an hour ago that you lot are death-twitching Dumpty Dummers. This week's Dumpty Dum tune is from our Stephen, and on this episode we're lucky enough to hear calls from formerly cycling Christine, Lee from Cookham, our Rob, Queen Bee, Glynn, the trio that is God Squad Mia, Mitch Moon, Jane, Witherspoon Darcy, Bernadette, Ali in Washington, Bill from Ukraine, Helen from Rotherham, Millie Molly Mandy, Catherine, and Hannah from Maine, plus emails from formerly cycling Christine, Ditsy from Darrington, and Anon of Ambridge. Plus, Tweet of the Week, Facebook Roundup, and welcoming new members of our Facebook group, Instagram, predictions for next week, and the Dumdy Book Dum item, this time with author Sarah Vaughan. Marvellous. I'm a bit worried, Philippa. I think the content has dipped. Yes, we've got nothing. It's shocking. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll just have to twiddle our fingers. Yeah, that's it, folks. Uh, glad you've enjoyed the list. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, what's Stephen call his tune? Is it Stairway to Hell? <laughs> steep, well, steep, steep stairs to hell. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's dangerous stairs. <laughs> dangerous stairs. Yeah. Anyway, Quentin, let's look back at a week where the daggers were out in Borsetshire. They certainly were, but first, let's deal with a fish called Wanderer. 
Roy got into a total flap when his new pet, Kate, jumped out of the bowl, landed on the floor and stopped flapping. Roy declared it was... Too fishy. ...for him to pick up, so Kirsty dropped it back into the water where Kate revived. But Roy felt obliged to get his scaly charge checked out at the vet's. Jacob was just as incredulous as we all were. Anyway, once Roy had established full vet patient confidentiality, he sussed that real-life Kate had bought a bigger tank to ensure Roy the goldfish thrived, and she won their bet. Jacob could spot a sucker and mischievously steered Roy to the most expensive tank online. It really will be the death of us all if this goes on for much longer, won't it? Well, it will. Alice continued to eat humble pie, which inspired her to take some of Martha's birthday cake round for Jim to say sorry for lobbing a brick through the shop window and also suss out if there were any shifts going. Ask Susan, he advised. But the wise, kind prof imparted other wisdom. He told her she had a mother's instinct and not to sell herself short at the mediation sessions and ruefully reflected... I realise too late that we must be the best parent we can be because we never get this chance again. And flaming Nora, the mediation didn't go too well. Once the mediator had digested just how much cake Martha had been fed, Chris announced that any final decisions about their daughter... Would be mine. ...but was floored by Alice announcing that, as her mother, she wanted to be Martha's primary carer. Fallon continued to raise dumbass questions about Harrison's baptism. I did wonder whether he'd want to stick it out with someone he won't be seeing in the afterlife. She asked Usha. Do you believe in the afterlife? No. Then it's nothing for you to worry about. (laughs) At the other end of the mother-child spectrum, Peggy turned into a Tony whisperer. She persuaded her son to become the farming consultant for the rewilding scheme. Having sought her love and approval for centuries, he melted when his mum told him... I've always felt you were able to hear that first whisper in your heart of your soul speaking, and that's one of the things I love most about you. If that didn't leave a dry eye in the house, then the congregation was left drenched by Alan's liberal spraying of holy water during Harrison's baptism. Chris turned up late and stressed only for Fallon to lay into him. It's all about you, she hissed, oblivious to the fact it was meant to be all about her husband. Poor Susan had a bad week in her little shop of horrors. First Lillian and Justin turned up and found her preoccupied. Justin banged on insensitively about customers having a right to buy Danish bacon if they wished, prompting Lillian to quip, Why does Justin talk about anything, we all wonder? But why was the foundation-free tabard wearer so tetchy with them, they wondered. If the BL board had a leak, they'd be toast, snarled Justin. When Alice turned up, so did the temperature. There are no shifts for you here, snapped Susan before piling in with... How dare you waltz in here trying to play happy families with me while you're sticking the dagger in my son's back. But calmly and coolly, Alice replied... I cannot and I will not give up on the chance to have Martha with me where she belongs. Anyone up for another round of kamikaze cake just to lighten the mood? (laughs) what 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 a week what a week what a week what a week yes it's and you've had quite a week Quentin I I have uh on the good side I played five-a-side football at the beginning of the week I'm still goalless I'm afraid my form has dipped I went on a bike ride uh, with scones 
uh, at the halfway Ooh. stage with my uh, fellow bikers. We went, went to visit her mum, so we got scones. That was nice. Excellent. I, uh, yesterday I was channeling my Monty Don and did a bit of planting along the border. Um, but I've also been channeling my Chris as well <laughs> because uh, uh, it doesn't involve Amy, don't worry. Um, because I found out yesterday that uh, I've got shingles. Ugh. So uh, I'm in a bit of pain, I have got to say. Yes, I'm in a rash, you know, rash on my back and pain down my arm. So I'm, I'm taking huge antiviral horse-sized pills and painkillers. Um, so, you know, I mean, what we do for this podcast, uh, uh, Philip, I mean, I've, you know, I've battled through COVID and now I'm battling through shingles <laughs> to bring Dumpty Dum to the world. And also, you know, reliving the archers. I know. You, you've you've got it. You are, as you say, you're channeling Chris. What what else are you going to be up to? Well, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm really sorry. Poor you. That <laughs> that must be rotten. Is it as painful as it's as people make it out to be? Well, I've had kidney stones in the past. It's not on that scale. I assure you. Okay. Um, but uh, it is painful. Yeah, because you, I can't get in the right position to sleep at night. So I'm not getting any sleep, and it's just it comes and goes. It sort of fades and then it's back again. It's no, it's not nice. It's not nice. So. I feel Chris's pain, but not in every capacity. Right. Are you healthy? Are you okay? Well, we've had a week of hospital visits of not getting answers. And oh. uh, yes, all the answers were given, <clears throat> excuse me, are not very helpful. But I had a lovely day yesterday. went to the Gladstone Library um, in Wales and it was a glorious day. It was very, very nice indeed. But I have a request to make. If anyone listening, and this is a bit of a strange one, if anyone listening um, is a ukulele player, please can you get in touch with me, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, um, or drop an email to on the Dumpty Dum contact page. Yes, please get in touch because uh, I have need for your services on Dumpty Dum in a few weeks. Well, I'm puzzled. I'm puzzled. <laughs> I want to get a call into Frank Skinner. He plays a mean ukulele. Oh, does he? he does yeah, yeah. Well, it, Frank, if you're listening, he does every week. Honestly, <laughs> yes. I'll consider you. There will be a list, but never mind. Well, that's enough about us. Let's get on to the important bit, which is you lot, our lovely caller innerers. Hello, Ambridge3962. And first off, we have formerly cycling Christine, who called in on Sunday and wants to put a lid on things. Hello, Philippa, Quentin and all fellow dum-de-dummers. This is formerly cycling Christine here. I'm just calling in about Sunday's episode. I'm sure you'll get other people who will call in with various opinions on it. But I don't think in all the years of listening to The Archers I've ever heard anything quite so ridiculous as the goldfish scenes with Kirsty and Roy. I Just unbelievably awful. And what made it so much worse was it was intercut with some absolutely beautiful scenes and beautifully acted scenes, beautifully written scenes between... Jim and Alice. I just couldn't believe how, on the one hand, we had such beautiful scenes almost ruined by being intercut with all that ridiculous fuss about the fish and calling it Kate and, oh, just terrible. And how can a fish jump out, if that's on a dresser, jump out of its bowl under the dresser? I mean, just ludicrous. And then to continue it the next night, ah, uh, yeah, words 
words completely fail me. As to the characterisation of Jacob, because I don't think there's any way he would have said sucker like he did to Roy. Anyway, rant over. Love to you all. And just hope the archers improves because I cannot stand any more scenes like those ridiculous fish ones. Bye. Well, the words that didn't <laughs> fail you, Christine, were fantastic. Thank you very much for that great, that great call. I mean, Christine, as we know, has been listening for a long time, but to come out with, she never heard anything quite so ridiculously, so ridiculous, unbelievably awful, ludicrous. She's not, she's not happy. She's not happy. Um, <laughs> and uh, well, everybody agrees with you, Christine. I, I, they've they've seemed to have drafted in some some fast writers. I mean, last week you had a hotel fornication, didn't we? And, and now we've got flying fish. I mean, it's it's almost on the scale of Isle of Wight and walruses, isn't it? I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I want to know how many takes they had to record it and not laugh because the, the cast must have been like. I, I had the same thought. I thought when they picked up that script, they must have thought, "What? What?" <laughs> um, apparently, fish can jump out of their bowls. People were tweeting. Yeah. Apparently, yes, when the water is unsatisfactory and they're, well, that's they're what jumping said. for freedom. Yeah, Jacob said that, but I mean, it's barely been in the bowl. I mean. Exactly, it's only a few days. <laughs> What's going on? And, and then she's too fishy. Too fishy. <laughs> and they just stood there looking at this fish. <laughs> I mean, this fish actually deserves some applause because it's it must have a world record for surviving the longest out of water while they just, you know, we need to get David Attenborough along to celebrate well, this fish. I think. Survive being looked after by Roy as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, Christine, yeah, she's, she's going through a lot of pain here. Um, but she's right because they were juxtaposed with those wonderful scenes with Jim and Alice. And whenever Jim mm. is on, the scenes are just perfect. I mean, he's mm. just an outstanding actor. He was lovely with Alice, wasn't he? But he also clearly emboldened her as well uh, because she decided to stand up in those mediation sessions. Yes. Yeah. More about Otherwise, that later. Jacob saying sucker... <laughs> He's an edge to Jacob. He's a very he's very blunt, isn't he? Uh, perhaps the word jar, but it obviously his contempt for what he's being put through <laughs> was understandable and and very much in character. Uh, sucker is a bit yeah. I'll take a point. Perhaps not the word you'd associate with Christine, but certainly the sentiment he felt. Yes. Yes. Well, we love you too, formerly cycling, Christine. Thank you for your another great call. Um, and now we go to Lee from Cookham, a first time caller in her, and she's already spitting feathers. Morning, Dumpty Dummers. It's Lee here from lovely Cookham. It's 6.30 in the morning. I'm walking my dog and I've just listened to Monday night's episode. I had to call in straight away. I've just listened to Alice saying she wants full custody. And after getting crosser and crosser with the way Chris was, in their session. I was so glad it ended that way. I really feel that Alice has turned her life around. I'm fully on board and I think Chris is a patronising little wit. See, I changed that from a swear word there. Yes, just wanted to call in. It's my first time caller in a rah, and I've been listening all my life with my mum, but very seriously, probably for that last five years. Love the show. Keep it up, guys. Bye. Oh, super, Lee. Thank you so much for calling in. Great first call. Um, more of that, please. Yeah, this is this is an emotive subject, isn't it? Because everyone's got different views and it's all about taking sides and which team are you on, Team Alice, Team Chris. Uh, 
it's very difficult. I mean, Chris did not help himself at all in in the mediation sh- session. The words he used and and the way he viewed it, um, it was inevitable that it was going to unravel. But boy, I had no idea by how much it was going to unravel. I, I don't know. It just, I just worry why Alice wants Martha, why she's doing it. And I'm sure for the drama of it, she's going to get Martha and then she'll re- relapse. I'm sure that's the nature of the the, the drama that we listen to. Um, but it's turning almost into the battle of the bank balance. Who can afford the, the best solicitor and what's going to happen? And Chris won't be able to afford the costs that Alice will be able to fund. Alice doesn't care about money. I, I don't know. I, right. She's well, Alice is furious. Mind you, she's employing a crap solicitor, isn't she? Yes, <laughs> I mean, you've got money, you wouldn't spend it on. You, you wouldn't have a kid solicitor, <laughs> would you, really? The little mite. <laughs> Lovely to hear from you, Lee. First time, fantastic. Normally we hear from insomniacs, don't we, at the, at the other end of the day. And now we've got Lee at 6.30 in the morning on a healthy dog walk. Fantastic. Um, so do please call in again. Um, outstanding self-control, I thought, uh, that Lee exercised there. <laughs> and she spat out twit rather than something else. Yes, you're either Team Alice or Team Chris. One's being forced to choose at the moment. Um, so badly played by Chris. Mm. Um, I'm going to have the final say. I'm the main parents. It just showed his... Lack of intelligence, frankly, really, and emotional intelligence and nows and maturity. Um, I, 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 yeah, Alice is, is she's smart, she's bright, she's sober, and she's three steps ahead of him and will be. And I, as I said, emboldened by I think her chat with Jim, and you know she's playing the mother card, and it's a very very strong card. And one's sympathies are enormously with Chris. In, and his family, because they 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 took up the mantle, they took over responsibility, and they brought her up. Um, but it's going to be a real a real struggle. It is, and we'll get onto the Susan blowing up, no doubt, later on. But um, you know, she, she's really put her mast on the moral high ground, Alice, hasn't she? And she's going to be difficult to, to knock off. Yeah, I just uh, just question her motives. Um, well, I think I she's really linking do. it so much to her recovery, and that's dangerous, isn't it? Because, as you say, if there's a relapse, then where are and, we? And she, uh, I mean, it's difficult. I, I'm uh, fortunate that I've never experienced someone who is an alcoholic and someone going through divorce in the family, so I can't comment from any position of authority. But of course, it's the archers, so I'll still wade in with my size tens. Um, and I think it is very difficult because she never wanted a child. She she hasn't suited married life. Um, what she's talked about is this sort of feeling of being stuck and in a rut and in a family situation that she didn't want to be in. She wanted to be free, pursue a career, live her life. And yet the times she's looked after Martha, she's also mentioned about, oh gosh, um, you know, it, it, you have to rearrange all your time. And she doesn't like being alone with Martha. She's always wants other people. Sounds like I'm being really hard on Alice. And I know everyone that's team Alice will be booing at me. Um, but equally, it's skillfully done by the scriptwriters because if Chris was salt of the earth with this, we'd all be saying, well, more people would be saying, oh, we're on team Chris. But because he's making such a fool of himself, mm-hmm. being this control freak, um, 
understandably not. But mm. we do have a lot of calls about this. So sorry, I shouldn't go on quite so much this early on. Well, it is. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a big it's a big subject. This isn't it? Um, yeah, I'm sure we shall return to it. We will, but let's go on to our Rob, who called on Sunday to correct Q what? and give us a prediction for the week. Good evening, Philippa Quentin, dum-to-dummers all around the world. Yes, Quentin, I do tend to call in early in the week. To be honest, I'm too disorganised to listen to the whole week, think something to say, get it recorded, and send it over on time. If I waited until the weekend, what would probably happen is I'd be doing the week shop on Sunday, and I'd remember... Ah, well. Anyway, I do hope Roy isn't a first aider. The way he panicked over a goldfish was not reassuring. It's slimy, yes. It will be, but there are sinks in the house to wash your hands in, aren't there? Failing that, pick it up with a tissue or a hanky. And then there's the vigil he'll be standing over the bowl for the rest of the night. My advice, put a dinner plate on top of it. Until he managed to dig a nice pond for Kate, that is. And then there's Alice. Is she still in a state of denial? Is that really the reason for the party? Couldn't she have been a positive presence at the small party christened plan? Anyway, as it is Sunday, I'm going to make a plot prediction for Monday. And that is, in this mediation meeting tomorrow, Chris spills the bean and all sorts of excrement hits the fan. Fingers crossed. Take care, all. Right. Mm, Chris spills the beans. Do you think he's that dumb to do that? I think he's in such a corner that he's fighting illogically. He's not thinking anything through. How's that going? Like a, how's how's that yeah. going to buttress his his case? Oh, and by the way, I'm sleeping with your best friend. I'm, I'm entirely well. Mean. You would use it to wound, but if you if you didn't realise it was going to be used against you in the <laughs> the custody battle, then well, let's hope he, he, he bears does that tend to blurt, mind. doesn't he? He's a blurter. A bit like but Rob was right that the mediation yeah. kicked off. Uh, it did in a in even more of a way than we could have imagined. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it could be a blurt, Rob. I think uh, yes, you could be onto something. That would be good drama. I mean, it's going to come out anyway. I think Fallon will blurt it anyway. If not, Chris, they will be they will be blurting. Do do phone in on a Sunday, uh, Rob. We love getting calls all through the week, don't we? Because <laughs> it uh, indicates how the story is going. And then off the back of an early call, you see how it has actually developed. So call in oh, whenever, yes. call in whenever, yeah. Rob. Yeah, whenever. Yeah. And I love this comment about the fish with Roy. Uh, I mean, Roy the fish at Kate's house. It sounds like Roy the fish has the swankiest five star hotel treatment. It sounds like they've got a self cleaning tank. Roy the fish is swanning on like a a ten foot lilo with holes in for cocktails and just having a lovely time, piped music and all sorts. Kate is taking more care of a fish than she ever did with her children. Who's the sucker there? I don't know. Boom! Nice one. <laughs> But Rob, love your calls. Whatever day of the week, keep them coming. They are great. And now we go to Queen Bee. And she called on Tuesday, worried she may be falling for Brian's charms. Hi, P&Q. It's Queen Bee calling in again. I've got COVID, which may well have affected my ability to assess what Brian is up to. I have been fooled, perhaps, by his smooth operating this week. He is so charming that I'm actually starting to think, is he going to be a good peacemaker? 
I'm calling after Tuesday night's episode when he was perhaps trying to save Alice from a painful legal process and he managed to calm down Neil. He's so smooth and so charming and so articulate. I've never ever before failed to see through his smarmy ways but perhaps in my weakened state I'm falling for it and not seeing the fact that he's trying to protect his financial assets in a messy divorce. Mm. It may all become clearer when I'm feeling better. What do you think? (laughs) Thank you very much, Quimpy. That's great. Well, I just think this is a new symptom of COVID that uh, people are trusting Brian too much. And I think we need to report this immediately to the NHS so people can be aware of it. I'm really sorry that you got COVID and hope you are feeling, um, feeling okay. I mean, good for Brian. I thought, talking about how um, alcoholism is not like a broken leg. And you've got to remember, Brian took Alice to rehab. He was the one that almost had, well, he did have to drag her in and she was so vile to him. And you can't just switch that off, that memory. But I I think he's just, um, he's just got the numbers in his mind. He's thinking of the money and and he's thinking of relationships as well with Neil and Susan. But I'm interested, what will Jenny say? Because sometimes she's, of course, there, oh, darling. And then sometimes she is a reality talker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, this is all down to Jenny uh, saying to Alice, no, you've got to look after Martha. You've, you, you know, when uh, Alice had Martha when Chris was ill and Alice was panicking and it was Jenny that said, no, you look after her. And that seemed to open a door for Alice. So, yeah, I want to know what Jenny yes, thinks. I, I had the same feeling as well. That's the one voice missing in this dialogue at the moment, definitely. Um, and uh, I'm sorry that uh, COVID is colouring your judgment, Queen Bee. Sorry about that. Um, but you, you're not the only one, if I may maintain the fishy theme of this week, that this, who's, the scales are falling from their eyes about Brian because we had Maura Walton and also Bernadette Hawkes on Twitter saying, I agree with Brian, and absolutely then covering their mouths again, having said that. Things are happening. I, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of Brian, as you know. People are finally seeing the truth about our wonderful Brian. So you're not alone, <laughs> Queen Bee. Um, he is very charming and articulate, as you say, but he's talking sense this week. He really is. I don't think money is entirely behind it. Of course, he's worried about how home farm might be affected. Yes. Or it always will be. But I think he genuinely thinks, look, you are nuts to going down the litigation. And I thought that was authentic and he meant every every word of it. And I think he's right. Mm. And I think we have a call on this later on, so I won't prattle on too long. But um, you, you keep falling for Brian, Queen Bee. He's, <laughs> he's, he's just the best, just the best. No, thank you so much for your call, Queen Bee. And now we go to Glyn, who's called in with a team talk. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here, calling in on a beautiful early spring evening from the Derbyshire Dales. It almost feels warm. Um, and when one sees sheep grazing in the fields and cows apparently just lazing in the sunlight Uh, your thoughts naturally turn to ambridge and all things archers and um, people seem to be dividing into team alice and team chris Um, i'm on neither team i'm on team martha and alice and chris have got to 
get together and realise that um, all this nonsense about one of them, like Chris, saying, I've got to have the final say on her and what she does, or have, you know, uh, on, on matters concerning Martha. And Alice saying she's entitled to look after Martha because she's a mother. That's just, uh, well, nonsense in my view. They've got to be jointly responsible. And the best thing for Martha is to know that both her parents have got her best interests at heart. And speaking from my own experience as a parent, there's all, you know, it's not just the parents. The child has an important voice from a very early age on, um, on, their, on, their, on their growing up and how they're growing up. Uh, you may have fixed views on what you think is best for your child, but quite often your child proves you wrong. And uh, also what works well with one child doesn't work well with another. And I don't think either Chris or Alice has... Uh, remotely got uh, got that in mind. So, um, so get yourself back to the mediator. Get off your high horses and uh, sort things out. Unfortunately, Susan's outburst on Friday. I don't think that's uh, that's going to help matters. Uh, well, uh, to all in Dumpty Dam Land, stay safe and uh, have a great week. And speak to you again soon. Bye. Oh, lovely to hear you on your walks again, Glyn, this time, mm. of course, in his much-loved Derbyshire Dales, which are lovely if you've never been there. And I think he's beginning to post um, photos again, isn't he, from his walks? Yes. Yeah. It was lovely to see. Yeah. Yes, this this big divide, Team Chris or Alice, he's, he's no, he's, he's not either, is he? He's, he's on, he's on mm. Team Martha. And actually, when you step back, that really is the team that we should all be supporting. Mm. He's, he's quite right. Um, and they're just too blinded by, by rage and entitlement to, to, to see that at the moment, aren't they? That, um, you know, they, 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 they're putting their, their claims down before anything else. Um, he says, yeah, that the child has an important voice from an early age. <laughs> I just couldn't help think when he said that. Martha's voice is somewhat muffled at the moment by having too much cake in her mouth. But uh, as, as and when she has a voice, it, it must be listened to. Uh, but we've got a few years for that. And the fact there is no sort of parental template when it comes to children is so right, isn't it? You can't just mm. say, right, this is how we bring up every child. So as ever, Glyn, much wisdom and uh, keep up the, the great walks. Very interesting. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Chris might blame Amy in some ways because he's going to rue the day he got shingles and Alice stepped in and it was Amy that almost forced that. You're too ill to look after Martha. Alice should have her. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see um, if that changes. Well, hopefully he's reasonable enough to, to work out there was no other option, really, I suppose. That, mm, I suppose but that's uh, the shift. That's what's changed it all. And also, as you said earlier, Jenny saying, no, you stick with it. You, you look after her. She's your daughter. Mm. And the final scene in the shop with Alice and Susan, mm. I was just that the last line that Alice delivered, it sounded so robotic and almost as if she was on tranquilizers or something. It's, well, it's like almost, is she over counseled? It's, if she'd said it through gritted teeth, then I could have got it. But I just. I thought it I did work. 
oh, it didn't work for me at all. It sounded... It it conveyed for me real icy self-control, which is you may well have been drilled into her during therapy. But she, she, you know, when she is sober, she's she's a smart cookie. And, you know, she was that cold when she was being ruthless and awful to Rory, wasn't she? There is, there's a, there's a switch that just can be flipped mm. in her and she just really kept it under control and had the final word, didn't she? Alice was, was icy cold. I mean, others felt that Susan was, I mean, I've noticed that Helen Wormsley J at the vintage year on Twitter said, Susan at her most glacial is utterly bone chilling. I swear the temperature in my kitchen just dropped by at least 20 degrees. To which Jane Howard replied, absolutely. My ice tray froze on the way to the freezer. <laughs> um, it was a, Chilling scene, wasn't it? Oh, she she's just full mummy bear defensive now. Yeah. Well, they both are, aren't they? Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, wise words, Quentin. Anyway, occasionally I have them. Very occasionally. <laughs> we need to go now to, to this that makes me laugh a lot. I hope it makes you all laugh as much as it's made me laugh. We have God Squad Mia Deation with clients Mitchie Moo and Jane quite a bit of cider. Hello, my name is Martha O'Mediator and we're going to amicably sort out the Martha situation to avoid those nasty solicitors. Is that okay? Yes. Yes. Contenders ready! So, Chris, you live in the poxy fire hazard flat above the shop with the steep and narrow staircase, is that right? Yeah, I'm well chuffed. I got the shagging sulphur from the nest. Put it to use already. And um, Alice, you live in the nest. Kind of a feckin' name is that for a house? Yes, it's quite cosy. I've got Martha's toy in the sitting room. That's not a toy, it's a corkscrew. And um, Martha turned one at the weekend. So how did you both celebrate it? She overdosed it on sugar at Alice's naked attraction event and the party bags had wet wipes and a crusty nappy in them. It was better than the non-event of your boring mother teaching poor Martha how to gossip. Well, um, well it sounds as though that uh, you've both found a happy harmony together. Now, what about the big decisions like nursery, sleepovers... Will she get the coil fitted when she's at the uni? Things like that. As the main parent, I say that it's mine. After all, you could fall off the wagon at any point, Alice. In fact, I saw you slipping off Bartleby the other day. Will I never be free of this label? I mean, you've attached it to the buggy and graffitied it on the front of the nest. Still a feckin' stupid name for a house. And, um... Where is Martha now? Well, she's outside playing on the balcony, of course. As the consistent parent, I want to bring her up to be a thick shit, just like her daddy. I'm her mother. She popped out of my choo-choo, not yours. Isn't that right, Moira O'Mediator? Moira? Moira, where are you? Shh! Will you both feckin' shut up? I'm on the phone to social services. <laughs> How much cider had they drunk? Uh, I love that so much. This has to be a weekly thing now. I'm sorry, three of you. You're going to have to meet up every week and do this because that. They're, e- they're that eating is- crepe as well, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. It- just wonderful. I love that. I'm going to listen to that on repeat this yeah. week because it just um, makes me laugh. Well, if 
the Archers team are ever short of a team of scriptwriters and actors, then they, they, they should call in you lot, God Squad, Mia, and Mitchie Moo and Jane, because uh, that was genuinely funny. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was. Paul Mia had uh, a, a sore throat at that time or lost her voice, but she's all better I did now. Wonder. That thing. But <laughs> was it from, I, from that Irish accent? <laughs> Great well, no, throat. Just, I mean, <laughs> there were times during the mediation where I thought, why are they asking questions like this? And the, the three of them have just picked it up and run with it. <laughs> and it it is absolutely brilliant. More, 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 please. Anyway, we'll have lots more of your calls in a moment, including a legal view on the situation, plus an update by Bill from Ukraine. But if you're thinking, I'd like to record a message and I wonder how to do it, here's how. Well, Philippa, we are the people's podcast, aren't we? Hmm, yes. Uh, and so it needs people. Uh, you are good dumpty dummers to get in touch and take part, which you are increasing in your droves. It's fantastic. So keep them coming. Uh, whether you're a first-time, occasional, or even a very regular caller in row, we do love hearing from all of you. The best way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to speakpipe.com slash dumptydum. You'll also find a link in the show notes. Don't forget, it's dumptydum. It's a T in the middle. Honestly, it really is ever so easy. You can have as many goes as you like. Nobody will know. Uh, you can show your face in polite society afterwards. Don't worry. Also, have a look at our pinned tweet on the Dumpty Dum Twitter account to find all the details of how to leave us a message. We normally record at 12 noon on a Sunday, so please try and get your calls in no later than that. And make sure you keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now we need your help. There are three things you can do. First of all, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. And if you would please consider giving us a five-star review, it would be a huge help with the battle of the podcast algorithms. Secondly, if you can write a nice review, well, that helps even more. And we need to say a heartfelt thank you to... Susie Q for her wonderful five-star review entitled Fab. And Susie says, I listen from Adelaide, Australia, and what a wonderful podcast. Philippa and Quentin are really entertaining and so appreciative and respectful of everyone's input. I'm a real Anglophile, but with listeners far afield, this Dumpty Dum family makes you feel connected to both the wider world and a small village, Susie Q. Mm. Thank you, Susie Q. And it would be great, wouldn't it, Philippa, if we had some uh, more calls in from the other side of the world, from Oz, because we get, oh, yeah. we get a lot from North America, don't we? Which we're yeah. deli delighted with, but just to balance it up, some from the other side. So come on, our good Oz listeners, start start calling in. But thank you, Susie Q. Yes, thank you so much. And finally, the third thing that you could consider doing is becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you just go to patreon.com and search for Dumpty Dum, we'd be chuffed to bits to have your support. And of course, there's a video uploaded last week for those on the $2 per episode level, which shows how Stephen made his Dumpty Dum tune. Uh, it's an award-winning film, as we said mm. last week. Mm. Amazing. But we need to say a huge thank you to our new Patreon this week too. Suzanne. Thank you very, very much indeed. Back to our calls. And next we have Witherspoon, the first of two professional views on the traumatic events witnessed. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Philippa Quentin and all Dunsey Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. In looking at all the comments on Facebook, our community is evenly divided in the Alice versus Chris custody battle. We were not surprised that the seemingly polite divorce process jumped to this phase of conflict because 
From a dramatic point of view, it's what we were hoping for. It was perhaps jarring from a character arc that Alice skipped ahead to wanting full custody. Many saw Alice as selfish and not deserving of this after what she put Chris through. But to me and to others, it seemed like Chris's comments about not giving Alice an equal say in parenting decisions woke her up from a deep slumber. She recognized, as we have recognized, that Chris has never understood the disease of alcoholism and that with her in treatment, she is capable of being an excellent parent, as are many other recovering alcoholics. She also realized that Chris just sees her as a free babysitter. How many times have we heard him refer to Martha as my child? Also, in follow-up to my caller in from two weeks ago about Chris being too dependent on his mother, he proved my point this week. Did you note that when he found out that Alice was consulting a lawyer, he ran straight to Susan in a panic. She reassured him that everything would be all right and went into full mama bear role. I thought that Alice reacted to and handled her very well in their confrontation. Well, Let's hope it all ends in a grand compromise and Alice and Chris wind up sharing parenting duties pretty equally and with respect for each other. In the meantime, as I said on Facebook, pass the popcorn and talk to you soon. Thank you, Witherspoon, as ever. You're right, it, it is the drama we all wanted, but also the drama we all feared. Um, and uh, he used the word jarring a couple of times. And when Chris said, she's my child, it really jarred with me. Mm. Um because she's their child. It's all that whole controlling thing, which he's becoming increasingly um, like and, and and unattractive as a result. And um, it, it's woken her up out of a deep slumber, according to, to Witherspoon. Uh, and he's convinced that she does have the ability to be a good parent, ultimately. And we must hope that's the case if she gets custody but you know, it's, it's this idea of why, why does it have to be full custody? They they live in a tiny little village, don't they? Uh, what's wrong with fifty yes. fifty? It's around the corner, for goodness' sake. Um, because she's furious now, and yes. she's reacting, yes. and so it's just she's going for it. Yeah, and when she goes for it, she goes for it, doesn't she? Drunk or not? Just a few things that Alice said that didn't ring true to me, and one of the things was that. She went to see Susan in the shop and said, oh, Jim says there might be some shifts going or there are shifts going at, at odd times. Jim didn't say that. Alice said to Jim, I hear that there are some shifts available at difficult times. And Jim said, you'd have to talk to Susan. So Jim didn't actually say that. And um, when Alice said to the mediator, oh, yeah, well, Chris has played a bigger part in looking after Martha in recent months. Again, that's not correct. He, I've got to say, it played a bigger part in raising Martha before Martha was born as well, when Alice was really low and um, in the first year of Martha's life. So it's those things that, again, the script writers are so clever. They're not giving us an easy way of taking sides. Well, hold on. Why, why do you say he hasn't played a bigger part in the first year? No, he had. Yes. She said he hadn't. He, oh. Oh. She was saying he'd just done it in recent months. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm saying badly that it's not just recent months. It was even before Martha was born. Oh, yes. he, he was yeah. the main carer of Martha uh, even before she was born hmm. and in that first year. So... I don't, when Alice says these things, they're not correct. And I'm better now. You just think, oh, I, I'd love to root for Alice, but she's not making it easy. 
And she told Jim, I don't want to rock the boat. So she flips very quickly. She, she's gone mm. angry very quickly about it, understandably. Uh, with us being question why Chris ran straight to his mum for advice, uh, I'd say why not? I mean, that's what parents are there for, aren't they? And she calmed him down, didn't she? I suppose it's interesting, though, because he went straight to Susan, not Neil. And that does relate to what Witherspoon said. Oh, you know, in right. some ways you'd think he'd go to Neil for the more sanguine advice, whereas Susan is bound to be the, yeah. the fireworks. Chris is up for a fight, isn't he? So yeah, he sometimes go, you he goes need to the warrior. that. He goes to the warrior. Yeah, you go to the person who will yes. agree with you the most. And will fight yeah. your corner to yeah. the death. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But oh. that was a super call with a spoon. Honestly, uh, we value your insight so very much. He's having a field day at the moment, isn't he, with a spoon? Yes. Analyzing all these <laughs> crazy That's why people. we need him with all these <laughs> clever things anyway. Um, and now we need to go on to the next call, which is Darcy, a first time caller in a with our second professional view, this time from a legal perspective. Hi, Darcy, Northern California, first time caller in as someone who is well acquainted with divorce and litigation, both personally and professionally, I can tell you Alice is making a huge mistake by walking away from mediation. Should we spatchcocked, filleted, dissected, drawn and quartered, pick the butchering term of your choice, then be grilled over hot coals as every misstep, slurred word, tumble out of a tree, or drunken hit on a police officer is explored in gruesome detail? And financial and custodial battles can go on for years. They need to keep their hearts, ears, and eyes open. Mediation is the way to go. The key to mediation is that neither side is fighting to win, per se. They're looking for a mutually satisfactory, peaceful resolution. Otherwise, in litigation, only the attorneys win. Thanks. Bye. Darcy, you superstar. Mm. Darcy is a, a long-established Dumpty Dum listener and contributor on Facebook and social media, a long-term supporter of, of us. And finally, she's called in. This is wonderful. It is wonderful, isn't it? I, I'm just thinking of Rob now because Rob Williams must have just which made his decade, hasn't it? Because he's been lobbying for Darcy to call in. For about that and, long. and here we have it. Uh, and yeah, we could we could hear Alice getting stronger and stronger. I wonder how much of it is guilt driven as well. For I don't know, and writing wrong. Uh, it's so difficult. But uh, I hear what Darcy says, and Darcy certainly is the one to know. Um, mediation is the way, and litigation is just going to cost everybody financially, emotionally, uh, and all sorts of things are going to come out and be thrown on the table. It's not going to be pretty. Having said that, I'm there for it. <laughs> Wonderful to hear from you, Darcy. Um, it's a bit like waiting for a Daniel Day-Lewis film, isn't it, Philippa? I mean, you, have to <laughs> you wait for years and years, and you know it's going to be good, and finally it's <laughs> out on the big screen. So keep them coming, Darcy. Oh, her call was laced with so much wisdom. Some great words there. Uh, go for mediation, she says, otherwise you'll be filleted by the lawyers. Oh, I like that word. Mm. Um, and it's not, about, it's not about the winning, it's about a peaceful resolution. So Darcy is very much Team Brian this week because that's what our Brian was saying. Brian was speaking a lot of sense this week. So that's, a, that's, that's another member of the yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brian, as you said, he is protecting his millions. Let's not oh, that, mess about that's part with of that. It, but I <laughs> genuinely think he thought, you're mad, this is the best way, mediation. It was heartfelt, well, it was genuine. 
Come on, <laughs> cut him the, cut him some slack for once. <laughs> Never. Darcy, oh. a great call. Look forward to the next one. And now we go to Bernadette, who is calling about the fishy tail. Bernadette Hawks, Archers, and 2015 here. The Archers is now a full-blown radio soap opera with full-on dramatic license at almost every turn. It used to be a gentle programme, an everyday story of country folk, introduced in the 50s to advise and assist farmers with up-to-date information. Times have changed. The Alice storyline, Alice recovering alcoholic, her unexpected pregnancy, continuing to drink during the said pregnancy, and subsequent breakup of her marriage to Chris is dividing tweet along us. Alice has been to rehab. She uses her sponsors. Chris and Alice have tried mediation, although Chris could do with some individual help too. Alice seems to have bonded with Martha and is now happy to take on a more hands-on role in, in her life. Too much too soon, some tweet along the same. Others are, are hoping for shared care, while some listeners want to punish Alice and Chris for feigning to be, in the words of Winnicott, good enough parents. Well, some of us can't even be good enough human beings. We are hearing about extremely complex and emotive issues. However, the storyline does reflect accurately the stances that individuals and family members take up in these circumstances. If the role of the archers is to educate and have some connection with real life, then it has to deal with British subjects. The problem is getting the balance right between spoon feeding and bombarding the audience with facts. We also need light relief from heavy duty storylines, but the goldfish factor didn't do it for me. <laughs> I think that's why they lobbed it in, Bernadette, wasn't it? <laughs> Precisely that reason for a bit of levity from all the heaviness that we got for the rest of the, of, of the week. But it, it, it just went too far, didn't it, the goldfish? <laughs> I think the goldfish probably will be ranked up there with the Isle of Wight, probably, won't it? I th- I th- the more we think about this, yes, yes. <sighs> Um, interesting uh, perspective there from Bernadette. She's, you know, started off as a gentle program about rural life, mm-hmm. and it's gradually developed into, as she said, a, a full-blown radio soap. And it's, but she's right; it's it's still educating, but perhaps, well, clearly in, in a different way. It's, it's dealing with gritty, uh, contemporary issues and 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 problems and it has been doing that full on hasn't it really for a few years now and i know a lot of people say oh you know I'd like, it's like some more light relief i'd like to have some more farming information come across there's a, a big core of people who'd like more of that and it'd be interesting to see if they manage to get the balance right but they've launched so many storylines now that <clears throat> there's not much room for for cows and sheep is there fellow pronoun I just wonder if this is something else we can blame on COVID because we had the Robin Helen story as a big hurrah to get new listeners in. And then, of course, the listeners did wane during the monologues, understandably. And so that they're coming out with another big soap opera story, as Bernadette says, to yeah. get more listeners in. I don't know. I mean, Alice, obviously, um, the disease she's been suffering from, her alcoholism um, and her view that it's all in the past, plus why she going for Martha, her intentions. We've got Chris, who's controlling um, the sugar police, shagging Amy. But Alice did some playing around as well. There are various chaps and she tried it on with Harrison, who is Chris's best friend. I know, I know she was drunk, but still, you know, she is not St. Alice in all of this. Um, 
But Bernadette's spot on. We need to see both sides. And I am always moving from one side to another. I sit there and, oh, I'm on Team Chris. Oh, no, I'm on Team Alice. But it's it's about Martha, Team, team Martha. Who is going to name their child Martha now? Not I. Or Bookroom 210. I know. The photos on Facebook were wonderful about that. But anyway, Bernadette, a marvellous call. Thank you so much. And now we go to Ali, who figures Fallon is heading for a fall. Hi, PNQ and all in Dumb Land. It is Ali in Washington, D.C. Sorry about the wind, if you can hear it. I just listened to Thursday's episode and I think think I may now understand why the scriptwriters didn't give Chris and other people impacted by Al- Alice's alcoholism um, more support because I think it makes it easier to make this custody battle a drama-filled, East Enders-style, tragic dramedy. I'm not saying that if they had had the support, they would have not had a a contentious custody battle. I think that was, I think we were headed there the day those two got married. But I really, I'm interested, I'm interested in, in seeing what, where it goes with Fallon and Harrison. Are they going to get divorced? Or are they going to be able to make it work? Because I don't think it's just his baptism that's going on with those two. She's going through a bit of an internal struggle. And I don't know if they can make it through. Anyways, that's all for me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ali. Thanks for your call. Ah, yes, Fallon and Harrison. I mean, the bickering that Fallon had uh, when they were waiting for Chris, that was awful. awful. And this flannel, was that somehow symbolic of Fallon's commitment to the baptism, that instead of turning up with a big towel to catch all the water, she turns up with a face cloth. I mean, and then the hairdryer in the vestry. I was just like, no. And then trying to smooch, like, no. No, give me the goldfish, actually, perhaps. I thought I thought they behaved abominably in the church. Mm. Poor Harrison. I mean, uh, I mean, it's his day and they could just turn up and start having, you know, wringing each other's necks. Mm. Most people know how to behave in a church and uh, they completely lost sight of why they were there. Why does, ha- uh, why does Alan have a hairdryer in the vestry? Exactly. Just, Unless it's Alan's because he knows he drenches everybody. And what sockets do they have in the vestry to plug it in? All the vestries I've gone in, there's no electrical sockets in there. So, mm. What? I've seen the odd electrical socket in, a vestry? in the old vestry. Oh. Yes. I've never seen one in a vestry. Where do you worship? In a cave? <laughs> How dare you? Yes, I belong to the... Anyway, there we go. Right. (laughs) Thank you, Ali, for that call. Um, And now we go to Bill, safely out of Ukraine, with an update for us to exercise our minds and his when it comes to the archers. Hello, this is Bill Brown, Bill from Ukraine, although now I am Bill the refugee, I guess. Greetings, Quentin, Philippa, and Dumpty Dummers. Currently, I am in Germany. I came here to meet with some special Ukrainian friends. These were friends who were my support network back in Ukraine. They did everything for me from helping me set up my cable service in my apartment to taking me to the doctor when I was very sick. I've met them here. I've met their hosts 
and they seem to be well taken care of. Other friends and students are still in Ukraine. Some try to keep working. Some are doing volunteer work. I have one student I'm very worried about. She's in occupied territory with her mom. If she can get to a town 64 kilometers away, she can catch a bus out of Ukraine, but she can't find anyone willing to drive. Uh, and walking is much too dangerous. Overall, there are hopeful signs. The Russians have suffered terrible setbacks. I hope negotiations will bring a halt to the war soon. Uh, even if it does, I doubt most Ukrainians will be able to sleep soundly for a long time. I know I have trouble. My personal good news is that I'm almost all caught up with the archers. This is doubly good because I allow myself to listen only when I'm exercising or yogaing. I have to say that the last couple of weeks have been more soapy than usual, especially regarding uh, Fallon and Amy. The suds were pouring out of my listening device. Have you noticed that ever since Fallon declared she did not want to have children, she's revealed a tendency to be highly judgmental of other people, including her own husband? My prediction is that Fallon will get with child and in child raising discover tolerance and empathy. Goodbye, Dumpty Dummers. Auf Wiedersehen. So good to hear from you again, Bill. And thank you, as ever, for taking the time in these difficult times to call in. It's uh, Lots of people want to know how you are. And as you describe yourself now, you'll build the refugee safely in Germany. That's good to hear. But, you know, one can hear that concern, that worry in your voice about your people you know still stuck in Ukraine and that one student with her mum in occupied territory, just 64 kilometres from safety. I mean... The margins, eh? The margins. And like you, you know, we all hope those negotiations in Turkey are genuine, not just a smokescreen for this brute to continue his brutal invasion. So we can but hope. But I'm delighted to hear that the Archers is giving you some light relief as well. And um, you've sort of got the same feeling there as, as Bernadette in terms of, you said it's a very suddy week, very soapy, uh, particularly with Fallon and Amy. You're right. She has been very, very judgmental ever since she ruled out having children. Um, and others have speculated whether she might be pregnant already or will become pregnant. Lots of people also say it's an easy cop out within the arches. We have too much of that, don't we? But um, she's a she's a funny old stick at the moment, Fallon, and very odd what she was asking Usha for reassurance, you know, I was worried he, he'll leave me because he won't meet me again in the afterlife. I mean, what? <laughs> nuts. No, she's really irritating. She's <laughs> gone down the rankings of my uh, character. Uh, as has Justin. We haven't mentioned that ghastly Justin this week. God, he's awful. Bloody awful. I think we'll come you, on to he, that. He's getting close to my least favourite character. I mean, Adam's firmly there. But Justin is heading that way. Yeah, but we really need is. a baddie like Justin, who's who is horrible now. And so, Ugh. yeah, that is like the pantomime villain, isn't it? And yes. and him going in, uh, talking about Danish bacon, just like that's the worst what? thing you could say. I'm going to close down barrel and talk about oh, bacon. Yes, that was terrible. But yeah, uh, Bill, I just echo everything Quentin said. Um, just thank you for calling in. Please keep in touch and. Uh, just hope the situation improves. My other question is, how do you do yoga listening to the archers? I mean, I'm hopeless at yoga, um, 
but I've never thought of combining that with listening to the artist. Maybe that's maybe this is a whole new thing. Instead of yoga, it's um, what is it? <laughs> Archger or I don't know. I can't even think of it. You you keep digging. It's your rabbit hole. Off you go. <laughs> yes, archers yoga. Yoga with the archers. Yoga archer. Yoga archers. There we go. Got there in the end. Anyway, um, yeah. All Chris wants is a family it's all he has wanted and that's a child and someone to look after and his worldview is very narrow whereas alice's is very wide and the collision of those two well we're, we're hearing it now but as you say and as bernadette said the soap value is increasing a lot um who knows what will happen next week but do keep calling in, Bill. Thank you so much. And now we go to Helen from Rotherham saying hello, but possibly bidding goodbye. Hello, Philippa, Quentin and everybody in Dumpty Dumland. It's Helen from Rotherham here. Um, just ringing in with a little bit of a plot prediction. Um, did anybody else think that the scene this week with Peggy and um, Tony, uh, where Peggy was kind of encouraging Tony to do the rewilding, and saying that she loved him and couldn't think of anybody better and she was really proud of him and all of these things was very sweet but a little bit too sweet and possibly indicative of the scriptwriters wrapping up some loose ends and giving Tony a really nice last memory of his mum before she dies. Is that? Did anybody else get that feeling or was it just me? Um, anyway, that's my two pence worth this week. Have a great week. Thanks for the podcast. Bye. Thank you so much, Helen. And I love your dedication that you've got your young child repeating your words. So I heard a little Peggy there as an echo to, to what you said. So uh, well, It might be a budgie. I don't think it's the budgie. Or a, I think or it's... a lyrebird. It could be a lyrebird. <sighs> I'm sorry, Helen. I, I can only apologise. Um, it's, it's the shingles. Sorry. <laughs> but like Helen, I did wonder when we started hearing Peggy being so weirdly nice to Tony. Um, and usually with the, with the archers, once an actor is a certain age, they carry on for their lifetime. So I am a bit perplexed. She's had such a history of being in the archers. I'd have thought she'd carry on for her lifetime, but maybe she wants that. I mean, I presume she's still living in Spain, so there's that commitment and making it work. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But more, what I do know is more predictions, please, from Helen. I mean, come on, June. I mean, you've hardly put the years in, have you? I mean, she's only been doing it <laughs> 500 years. Um, others have picked up on the same. Yeah, Peggy's peroration. Are they sort of scripting a sort of swan songs to, to, to finally mm. let her retire or, or um, you know, actually let Peggy die. Um, it, it did have that feel to it a bit and jarred for a lot of people because she's never nice to Tony. Um, I know we got a call coming up in, in, in a minute about that. Uh, I, I hope not. I like Peggy. I think she's uh, a bit of grit in the oyster. She's always spiky. You know, she just gets things going so keep going june please keep going thank you so much helen and now we go to millie molly mandy who is calling about peggy and more we love these calls morning empty dummers morning p and q happy spring spring has come to the midwest of america which is so great so i was worried this um this week up hearing peggy be nice to tony peggy is never nice to tony she's always horrible to tony or she starts off nice and then there's 
Uh, it's a subtle insult at the end of it. It had a bit of a feeling of hell freezing over, or maybe, I, and I don't want this, but a feeling of, of Peggy saying goodbye. I do hope that isn't the way this is headed. Um, Peggy is an interesting and, and complicated character. She was so nice to Phoebe about Phoebe leaving. I do think she just has never liked Tony, um, which is a hard thing to bear. Um, I think a number of us um, maybe have a parent who they think loved us but never liked us. Uh, it's painful. It's painful. Talking of painful, um, did you hear Alice talking talking to Chris uh, talking about custody? She just had that edge back in her voice, the edge that was there when she was being so horrible to Rory. Um, all that time back, it's it's right there below the surface. I don't understand why they're not talking about joint custody, like 50-50. Um, I, I'm thinking full custody means 100%, I'm, I'm, but I'm not sure I'm right about that. But um, Alice just showed us the, the edges right there under the surface, which is too bad, too bad. I'm kind of loving seeing the evil evil Justin back. I have a feeling he's going to get his comeuppance this time, which will be great. Um have a great week, Dumpty Dummers. Um, love you all. Love you, P&Q. Bye-bye. Love you too, Molly Molly mm. Mandy from the Midwest from America. Um, it's always very poignant when callers call in with their personal experiences mm. and clearly Millie Molly Mandy has, a, has had a similar experience there, this feeling of you know being loved but not liked. Mm. And that's always been the feeling, hasn't it, with Tony and Peggy and the hell freezing over, as, as Millie Molly Mandy says. Um, she was very, very gushy, wasn't she, about him? He was ahead of the curve, and you're you're, you're your own man, and uh, listening to your soul, and all this, and and he cracked, didn't he? Oh, mum, you got your way in the end. Um, will it last? Will it last? Was it a Mike Tucker moment here, looking at the Lakey Hills and saying goodbye to Ambridge? We we shall we shall see. Uh, Evil Justin is back. Yeah, yeah. Blech. I sort of, I've never really liked him, but I didn't object to him. I really dislike the man now. I mean, if that's character progression, it's progressed into loathing from me towards Justin. I bloody hope he gets his come up. He's awful. And I love the way Lillian is always, she's, she plays him, doesn't she? Drops in that little bit of doubt. Yeah. Are you sure you really want to do this? Yes. Or how do you think this is going down with people in Ambridge? And, uh, he's not listening. But he's, he, no, but uh, leaks will be toast. <laughs> and this point about, you know, the sharp Alice going in for the kill. Uh, yeah, I do. I did hear that, especially when Alice started saying, you know, second chances and felt a, a bit uncomfortable. Um I didn't know with the scene with Tony and Peggy, is that supposed to show us that now Peggy has spoken about the experience when she gave birth to Tony and now she has given sort of a voice to that, that she's worked through it and now her feelings for Tony are clearer? I don't know. But come on, cupcakes? Peggy wouldn't make cupcakes. And if she did, Finally, what flavour would it be? Stop, stop. Finally, an hour into this podcast, you're talking food. <laughs> I, I'm just, I was disconcerted here. I'm sorry. Peggy wouldn't make cupcakes. No woman of that pedigree would make... I found that completely bizarre because, first of all, I was thinking, well, what... What, more than flying fish? 
Yes, more than flying fish. Yes. I can understand a fish wanting to escape Roy's house and all the beige more than I can. Peggy making cupcakes and she was up in the night. She couldn't sleep. What's on her mind? And how do you fix a toaster? What did Tony come do? Just come round, turn it upside down, get the crumbs out and turn it back on again. So do you think Peggy's for the chop? He's going to be pegging out? I hope not because I, well, if, if it is, it's because... The actor has presumably requested it, and so if that if that's the the best thing for her, then f- fair enough. But um, no, I want Peggy to keep going and keep so putting up with Kate. Mm. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but now we must go on. Millie, Molly, Mandy, thank you so much for your call. We love you. We love your calls. And now we go to Catherine, who has COVID, but is fine. We hope. Hi everyone, it's Catherine. I've got COVID, but I feel absolutely fine, which is strange. Anyway. Um, the news today is that they've got a chippy in Ambridge. Who knew? I hated the fish story. It was stupid, but I thought, oh, fish and chip shop. That's interesting. Uh, nextly, Jim really shouldn't have started giving advice or opinion that he is ill-qualified to give. He's hardly father of the year. Uh, I bet you're all going to say, oh, it's so touching, the business with Jim, putting on his kind Jim voice. No, I prefer Jim being a bit of an arse, really. Didn't like this. It didn't help. He doesn't know what a good parent is, and he had no right to start pushing Alice towards um, getting uh, permanent care of her daughter. I do think there's there's a compromise, of course there is. This is ridiculous. They live in the same village and the mediator should be wise to this. But it's not a normal split, is it? It's a split after they've gone through this life-changing event. And those of us listening who know what it's like living with an alcoholic will know that it's, um, it's great, obviously, that when they're in uh, recovery, but behind that, there is a litany of broken promises, of of lies, of uh, drinking that it's really hard just to forget about. And Chris had the business in the bathroom, dropping the baby at the christening, um, her going off and just abandoning him to a really tough thing with a baby who might have fetal alcohol syndrome. I mean, no wonder he's cross. Um, I do feel that there is there is something they can do, but I I, I feel for Chris that he can't just forget about it. She isn't just better. She can't just move on. Um, and everybody else getting involved is not helping. But of course, St. Brian actually was really perceptive there and that they just need to work it out with professional help. I hope they don't get into family court because that will cost them a fortune. They need somebody wise and old, perhaps Peggy, because they're obviously trailing for her to die. My God, parents of that generation who tell their children that they're proud of them. It's just weird when my mum does it to me. I, I freak out. Have a great <laughs> week, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much, Catherine. I, gosh, I do hope you continue to feel okay and uh, that the, the lurgy soon leaves you. Yes, this fish and chip shop. I mean, we, that's news to us. And Roy wanting to have a sausage because he couldn't bear the thought of eating fish. There were a lot of questions. I'm going to quote Twitter oh. now for you, Quentin. I'm sorry about this. Yes. Well, um, people were asking and scriptwriter Kerry Davis responded to say there are chip shops in Borchester and Holliton, both about six miles from Ambridge, and a mobile chip van visits on occasion as well. I mean, I'm all for this. Um, but yes, never heard of it before. And they, when they'd gone for takeaways, um, poor Leonard had driven great lengths round the county to secure this range of different takeaways. And nobody said, oh, well, just six miles away, you can get fish and chips and you can get quite a selection from there. Um, yeah, that, that was very strange. I agree with Catherine, though, about this, these broken promises and these lies. You can't mm. forget them. If, if Alice 
um, during her the, the time when she was drinking heavily, had got a knife and physically wounded Chris, he would be allowed to have these wounds and the pain and the healing just because they're mental. Um, he still got them. And those what he has gone through can't be denied. So, yeah, uh, it's a difficult one. Well, I mean, you've always been Team Chris anyway, haven't you? So I know it's hard for you to wrench away your loyalties. I have. He no, didn't help himself, no. though, this and, week. Um, Catherine is is Team Chris as well. I mean, she feels he's had a really tough experience. There's an awful lot of things she, he just cannot forget. And, 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 I, and I get all that. Um, and, you know, we don't know if she's through the f- concerns about fetal alcohol syndrome do we so there's that as well to to be concerned about he just played it very very badly effectively played into our hands really so um as we said come on sort it out folks through mediation let's have a 50 50 and everybody can be happy um i I don't entirely i don't agree entirely with catherine she wasn't pleased with uh she likes jim being an ass (laughs) um and he has been an ass in the in the past, and she says that he's ill-equipped, ill-qualified to give advice as, as a poor parent. But you know, to be fair, Catherine, he, he acknowledged that, didn't he? I mean, and he alluded to the that the abuse he suffered as a boy. He said, "I fear a certain experience from my younger years left me ill-equipped to pick up where she, his wife Rosalind, left off. It's only in recent years I've been the parent Alistair deserves." So I would flip it, Catherine, and say he recognises what is required in a parent because he was inadequate and he's acknowledging that and he believes he can see that in Alice. So um, I'm going to risk the wrath of Catherine and disagree with her on that one, but completely agree with her, of course, St. Brian. Yep, because uh, Catherine and I are big fans of Brian. Uh, he, uh, sh- he should have been anointed this week because um, he brought perspective and what he says is right. Thank you, Catherine. As ever, oh, glad you're okay with the old COVID. We can't, we, we, we can't have a COVID ridden. Yes, thank Catherine, you. Catherine, we need, we need her out and about. And now we go to Hannah from Maine, who's calling in for the first time. Hi, it's Hannah from Maine in America. And I am a first-time caller in her. I started listening to the Archers in 2002 when I was working and apprenticing at a bakery in the Lake District. So Listening to the Archers was a good thing for a day off's afternoon. And I just wanted to say, I just listened to Thursday's episode after listening all week. And I am just shocked at what a sanctimonious person Susan is being at the minute. I was going to say sanctimonious cow, because that was the first thing that came in my mind. But maybe I'm just trying to be nice. She has not acknowledged that Alice is actually working hard and working to stay sober and that Chris feels very entitled um, even going through what he's gone through with Alice. And with Alice and Chris as a couple, when they got married, it's for better or worse. And this may be the worst, but she's trying to get help and she's staying sober for at least six months. So... Give her the benefit of the break. I've never been one Team Alice or Team Chris, but while I was listening today, I became total Team Alice. She's trying. She's trying hard. She's trying to get a job. She's trying to contribute when she's only been a taker in the past. And I'm just hoping that she stays like this and can get her life sorted out 
and that Chris realizes that either he loves her and wants to stay with her or that he um, can and can change and fall back in love with her again. That's about it from here. It's a foggy day this morning. So um, ta-ta to everybody. Bye. I think the fog was affecting the line as well, uh, Hannah from Maine, because uh, you, you, sometimes you were quite loud, other times you were in the fog. But uh, we could hear every word you said. Thank you very much for calling in for the first time. Great to hear your views about the sanctimonious cow that you thought Susan was in that shop scene. Um, when I first heard that scene, I thought, yeah, good for you, Susan, because, you know, it's a sort of dramatic release. You thought, yeah, go on, give, give her both barrels. When I heard it the second time, I thought, oh, you bloody idiots, Susan, you're just going to make, this is just going to make it worse and make Alice even more entrenched, which, of course, she became. So um, dramatically mm. great scene, really well acted, as ever, by Charlotte Martin. Oh, she oh, she was furious, wasn't she? Um, <laughs> but in practical terms, a really bad move, Susan. Uh, you're, you, you are team Alice. You say, let's applaud her attempts to recover, which... Leads me to something I know on Facebook from Paula Eggers. And she said, there is a huge double standard in Ambridge. I didn't see anyone constantly questioning Ed's fitness as a father, despite his history of drug addiction. I mm. do think we should be giving Alice the same opportunity for recovery and redemption that was afforded Ed. Now that, I think, is a really interesting observation because we've all completely forgotten about that, haven't we? So... We should be cutting as much slack as we did to Ed. Discuss, Philippa. We didn't go, he didn't go for sole custody, though. But his um, qualification to be a parent is what she's saying. He wasn't judged, was he? Yeah, uh, it's a difficult one. Did he, I mean, it just, it's difficult because Susan was in the shop when Alice threw the brick in and Susan was at the christening when Alice dropped the baby, you know, and she, Susan's been sort of supporting Chris through everything. And as I said earlier, she's in full mama bear mode. I do worry though that she could lose contact with Martha yeah, as a result yeah. of this because she's just giving Alice bricks and to throw. build her wall. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and where, where that's going to end, I, I don't know. But I just loved hearing from you, Hannah from Maine, and your history listening to The Archers and Lake District. Yeah. That, that's glorious. I'm sorry for the interference on the, the call there, but still great to hear from you and look forward to you calling again. So those are the calls. But you can also send us an email if you'd prefer. Yeah, if you'd rather send an email, visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Um, we should say because we're now getting so much content in this wonderful podcast, if you could keep your emails brief, uh, we don't, we're not looking for an essay because <laughs> uh, some people really do let rip when they start tapping the keyboard. So do please keep them brief because then we don't have to sub them and we can get more in. But uh, we do like love to hear from you on the old emails and uh, do get your calls and emails in just before noon on Sunday as we record at Midday UK. Please remember you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And so we go from our caller innerers to our email innerers. And our first email is from formerly cycling Christine. And it's about uh, baptism. Um, this is the second time we've heard from Christine on the podcast. Uh, she says, so now we have got Sunday episodes back. The script writers decide to have a baptism on a Thursday. In all my years of church going, I've never come across a baptism on Thursday. Yet another example of something making no sense at all, as seems so prevalent in the arches of late. Little things matter. And this was ridiculous yet again. Christine. Well, this sort of ties in, doesn't it, with the outrage that they actually got a narrowboat on the Anne, you know, suddenly the river's navigable. People do pick up on these tiny details. Um, I don't think I've been to baptism. I don't think I've been to a midweek baptism. No, it's a good point. Didn't, didn't even occur to me, Christine. Before I forget, Christine, I want to say, uh, I hope you enjoyed your visit to Bristol City on Saturday afternoon in memory of your dad who died earlier this year. And he was a season ticket holder for 45 years. Christine tweeted about that. So I didn't see the result, but I hope Bristol City won, Christine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fair point. Yes, have because... You, have, you, have, you, have you been to a baptism on a Thursday? No, because normally the baptism is part of a service. So yes. the church family can welcome uh, the, the child or the adult mm, being baptised. Yeah. I have been to a special service of adult baptisms. It was on a Sunday evening. But still a Sunday. Yes, it's... Mm. Yeah. It's normally, as you say, tagged onto a, a service anyway. Yeah, so that's going uh, ahead. But very good point, Christine. Thank you yeah. so much. And our second email is from Ditsy of Darrington. Great name. Um, and although it's brilliant, it was quite extensive. So I'm really sorry. We've had to just use some of the email this time. Sorry. Um, but Ditsy says, hello, you two. This is Ditsy of Darrington. I'm a first time email in and I've never called in either. I first discovered Dum De Dum during lockdown when I caught up with some of the interviews on YouTube. However, I've been listening to The Archers for decades now. As regards the whole Alice and Chris story, I think it has been done really well. Alice has clearly had huge problems, which have in all likelihood not gone away. However, I thought the way that Susan spoke to her in the shop was appalling. As for the comment about wishing she'd pressed charges, all I can say is people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I'm firmly in the Team Alice camp. Her vile behaviour to various people has all been triggered by her addiction and I think she needs all the help and support she can get. While it is true that Chris is technically a free agent now, I think for someone who purports to be Alice's friend and support to be jumping into bed with her husband, as they are still married, is a horrible way to behave. Amy knew exactly what was going to happen when she went round to see Chris that evening, straight after her date with Rex. If she had a shred of decency, she would not have allowed herself to get into that position pun intended. Keep up the good work. I really enjoyed the podcast. Just before I go, a couple of random questions. Number one, why does Witherspoon have his own jingle? Can anyone have their own jingle? And number two, why do you have to be over 18 to send a message? 
do you not want to encourage younger listeners? Ditsy of Darrington. Well, Ditsy, thank you. Fine email and fine questions. Let me give my my view on it. Witherspoon um, is a psychiatrist in New York, and that's the link to the Frasier music that we hear. Witherspoon has been calling in for more years than I care to remember. Even when I was listening to Dum De Dum, he would be part of the call in and has had that tune from the beginning. He has had no choice in that. It was given to him and it's just something that stuck. So for sort of long-term loyal Dum De Dummers, it's just part of that part of the family. And you have to be over 18 just because there's some very adult content that we sometimes talk about. We have to be very careful of dealing with um, more vulnerable ages. And uh, it's just a way to um, make sure we're being good custodians of the podcast. And Witherspoon deserves his jingle, doesn't he? I mean, it's, it's an accolade, really, for <laughs> the years he's been contributing to this podcast. Um, yeah. But as you say, it was something that Royfield uh, adopted right from the early days, and it's it's stuck and it's become a nice regular feature. It, and also, it breaks up uh, gives you know, breaks up the flow with a little bit of music, which uh, changes gear, as we say in broadcasting terms. So that's that's what's behind it. Um, I have another inquiry. So I'm like, can I have a jingle, please? Um, imagine if we got a jingle for everybody. The, the rate <laughs> the rate we going would just be wall to wall jingles, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't think the podcast could get any longer. But we have a third email. Oh, Quentin. Oh. And it's from a non of Ambridge. I thought we'd escape this week. Seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we are. Dear Uncle Quentin and Auntie Philippa, I have heard that someone has eaten poached eggs with avocado on side bread. Is that right? What sort of world is this, please? I thought breakfast was porridge or sausages. Thank you. A non of Ambridge. Sai bread. Oh, well, that's my, my reaction, I have to say, and when I first read your email. <laughs> I'm sure they meant rye bread, because that, that's a reference, isn't it? It's food. Come on, help me out, Philip. It's, it's, it's uh, Usher and Fallon, wasn't it? It's, yes, it's not sai bread. bread. It's rye bread. <laughs> we might sigh when we hear it's actually it. More bread. No, it's... That's all we do. We eat sai <laughs> yeah. bread whenever we listen to the archers. I like that. Non, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, you just worry about breakfast. You know what it'd be like for breakfast. Surely, can't you? People. I th- I just think Anon is showing themselves to be of a certain um, generation. generation. Um, but I I would say you've got to try it, Anon. Avocado and poached egg is absolutely delicious. Um, give it a go. You never know. Your your horizons may be expanded. But thank you for your email as always. Thank you all for all your calls and all your emails. We love them. Do keep calling in. And now on to Dumpty Book Dum. Now, when Rebel Wilson hosted the BAFTAs earlier this month, she mentioned the soon-to-be-released Netflix series Anatomy of a Scandal, written by Sarah Fawn. So here is Sarah herself talking about her latest book and, of course, most essentially, The Archers. So Sarah Vaughan, whose latest book is Reputation, welcome to Dumpty Dum. Lovely to be here. Well, you have ducked in and out of The Archers, I think it's fair to say. It's, I sometimes catch a bit of the omnibus when I've been listening to Broadcasting House on a on a Sunday morning and driving my boy to rugby or somewhere. And um, but I always feel that you know I kind of need to have been listening to it for fifty years really to understand who everybody is. And, you know, it's all changed every time I listen. But yeah, there's something very iconic, isn't there, about that theme music? And, uh, yeah, it's very grounding. Yeah. <laughs> bit of escapism. You've got a few standout moments in your mind. Which ones? Sort of well, come... we were discussing, weren't we? And I was saying I do remember listening to it when um, when. 
when Emma Carter couldn't decide whether she was going to be with Will <laughs> and Ed and she'd, she'd had a baby with one and was, you know, with the other. And I remember thinking, this is quite racy. And Lillian's the other voice I, I, I you know, that stands out quite a lot. You know, I remember the storyline when she was with Matt, who was obviously a complete rogue kept calling her Pusscat. <laughs> you have a farming connection as well. Uh, well, I suppose so in that my mum's family were Cornish farmers or miners or Methodist ministers. And so my stepfather's brother is a dairy farmer in Devon um, for a duchy milk and um, does things like, you know, play classical music to his cows. So I went and watched milking going on there. So yeah, so I've got sort of, I've got sort of Cornish and Devon, I suppose, Cornish farming roots anyway, yeah. I'm interested. Did the cows react to the classical music? Apparently it makes them calmer. Oh. I don't know if you started playing R&B if they'd start yeah. kind of <laughs> yeah, <not quite laughs> grooving down to it or something. I guess it's rhythm, but apparently it, makes them, makes, it calms them down. I guess if you can get a bit of bark, it, you know, then their milk's nicer. I, I don't know if that's a storyline that they've yet got on the archers, but maybe they maybe they should introduce it. It needs to be done, absolutely. <laughs> so can you give us a quick elevator pitch for your latest book, Reputation? Oh, well, this has got nothing to do about farming, I'm afraid. Um, and it's and it's quite urban. It's not, not in Borchester or anything like that. So it's about a charismatic female Labour MP who is accused of murder after a tabloid journalist with whom she's become entangled is found at the bottom of the stairs in, in the, the house she shares with um, two other women. And it's really about, oh, it's about misogyny, really, I guess. But it's about revenge porn and trolling and the pressures that women in public life experience when they put their heads above the parapet. Sounds interesting though. So yes, so Sarah Vaughan, whose latest book is Reputation, thanks so much for joining me today. Lovely to be here. Philippa, as you know, I don't read enough, unlike you, but I did read that book, Anatomy of a Scandal. And oh. I have to say that's one of my most favourite books I've read in recent years. Um, it was honestly a, a page turner. I loved it. And I believe Sarah, i are correct in this that she used to be a political journalist and that, that was yes. set in Westminster yeah. and a description because I worked in Westminster as well it was spot on absolutely spot on but a riveting thriller I loved it so I, I, I look forward to picking up reputation as well if you enjoyed Anatomy of a Scandal then I think you would like reputation as well it's very good political legal it's got yeah, it all. It was similar to Anatomy of a Scandal but uh, and it's coming out on Netflix fantastic Ooh. Great. So there we go. But now to Facebook. And we need to say an how do to you to 16 new members. Claire and Trudy. Jeff and Louisa. Beth and Jem. Laura and David. Bess and Catherine. Jan and Ashley. Jenny and Stowe Physio. And Anne and Sue. And well, now we need to hear about our Facebook group. Um, and um, if there is anything that, uh, we just need to remind you of this, if there is anything that doesn't fit the be kind and play nicely or be nice and play kindly ethos, we do report it straight away. So, so keep it clean, folks. Yeah. So what has our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit back for the roundup of the goings on in the Dum Dum Facebook group with our Sue. Hello, my lovelies. Siri here, Queen or Tart on the Twitters. Well, here I am doing an extra slice, as it were, because our lovely Sandra has been off to Hawaii, land of volcanoes and ukuleles. Sounds like you've had a splendid time, and I'm very envious. Well, it's another week, and I know that lots of you are talking about Chris and Alice and Susan and Alice and Alice and Alice, and so I'm going to pull out some other subjects for these few minutes. 
I know we regularly go on about the script writers and the storyline. And Lynn Bugarski, I hope I've said that right, came up with a possible explanation for the recent plot direction. I have a theory on the fish storyline. Could it have been written and recorded hastily to replace something considered too sensitive in the current crisis? This may be implausible. What, what other explanations can there be? Trier Tok replied, that is possible, but the show has been so weird lately that I suspect someone must have thought it was actually a good idea. And Andrew Didsbury voiced the thought of I many, I feel. I've concluded the spate of recent non-secretaires and, and storyline vault facets is down to one of two things. A feud between scriptwriter teams with each desperate to nix their hated opponents' plots by unlikely resolutions or just never mentioning them again. Or the scriptwriters are playing a storyline drinking game where whoever finishes off the storyline the most improbably makes the scriptwriter who initiated the plot down a shot. Hmm. And Leslie Grease really made me laugh with this one. I think the episodes must have been written by Douglas Adams. Sex scenes, canal boats, chippy, and thanks to the fish, an alternate universe. I was pretty astonished, I have to say, by Pam Dulai's comment, I have always liked and admired Hilda. But she was backed up by Darcy Jorgensen. Hilda Ogden and I have like personalities. I, however, do not have literal claws. And Louise Lawson said what well, I think many of us were thinking. Perhaps she's in need of a fish supper, including Philippa Jane Massasay. Love, Hilda. With any luck, she will eat Roy fish. And she followed up with an explanation about whether fish here, which I'd never thought about before, to be honest. Yes, Carp, particularly goldfish, are considered to be hearing experts. They have three bones, the Weberian ossicles, connected to the swim bladder, and vibrations are transported to the brain. So, don't you feel a bit more educated now? Rick Bateson pointed out that it's interesting that Kate, who doesn't consider keeping a fish in a bowl to be animal cruelty. I know a few vegans who would disagree. And I have to question, how come Phoebe gave them each a fish in a small bowl? I refer the honourable gentlefolk to the words about scriptwriters. Is that seeming a bit more plausible now? Randomly, it seemed, that Rob Wilson shouted out, It's tomorrow! And Stephen Bowden said, The board meeting or the baptism? Or will they combine the two? Either, neither, both. And Jonah Titchmarch said, It could be like the Godfather, cut between Harrison being baptised and various members of the Beale board being gunned down in the street. Oh, he's hoping for that as an episode. There are definitely some of the BL board I wouldn't be mourning. Well, if you haven't been to the Facebook page lately, come on over and join in the chat. We love having new people join in and our established friends coming back. But please remember to be kind to each other. We're all feeling the stress of the world right now, so play nicely. Stay safe, my lovelies, until the next one. Ta-bye. Thank you, Sue. Uh, and huge thanks for stepping in while Sandra's away having a wonderful holiday. Thank you ever so much for that. And to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum Dum Facebook group, you would be very welcome to join us there if you haven't done so already. And you need to get to Hawaii, don't you? Because that's where they play ukulele, she said. Yes. Well, hopefully someone will contact me and say, I'm a Dumpty Dum listener and I play the ukulele. Fingers crossed. But you might have to go out to Hawaii to, to play with them. Uh, let's get those Patreons coming, <laughs> <laughs> folks. Exactly. Yes, if you want to send Philippa to Hawaii, become a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. 
I can see that. <laughs> Suddenly the page numbers are going to go yes. down. <laughs> right, well, that's Facebook. We're also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A. That's one word. It's so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, don't forget that hashtag is your gateway, folks, to the hugely enjoyable tweet along. Also, try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet. It uh, ensures that more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at QuickBook Review with a three instead of a W. And I'm at 13 Minute Man. That's one three minute man. Hello, it's Fry here. No, not that one. And now on Dumpty Dum, it's time for Tweet of the Week. Philippa, there's a theme to this week's Tweet of the Week, and it's Justin, okay? <laughs> so in uh, in bronze position, we have this lovely one from Ninzi at Ninzi. Justin, the P&O of the pig world. Oh, mic I, drop. Yeah. I snorted at that. Nice one, Ninzi. Nice one. And now the silver and gold were teed up by a, 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 a tweet from me. And as ever, it spawned fantastic responses. So this was my tweet uh, because I was listening halfway through the week and I said, I I drifted off. What was Justin banging on about in the shop? Pounds, pennies, customers' rights or something? To which Helen Not Archer, Helen Not Archer said, he was saying how he'd just dropped some stuff off at the local food bank and had registered to take in some Ukrainian refugees. Uh Oh, wait, no, I must have drifted off too. Yes, (laughs) that's hardly our Justin. But equally off the back of my tweet, we had this gold winner from Finton T at Finton the Wrong. And he said, I think he only popped in for a tin of evil capitalist, his favourite brand of moustache wax. (laughs) Which was lovely. So Finton T, you're our gold winner and congratulations to all our medalists this week. Very good. And just a reminder to follow us on Instagram. Have a look for our account, which is at Dumpty Dum, and do follow us there. Thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Roy Fish Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will Amy return because she can't cope without seeing her favourite blacksmith? That is really going to help the situation. Will the suppliers of Danish bacon be thanking Justin and offering free samples and recipe ideas to go with creme fraiche? Will Jakob be found to be the sales rep of the largest fish tanks in the land? He can scale back his vet work. And will Alice's solicitor order a new sports car as she spots all the money she's going to make in the divorce proceedings? Buckle up, (laughs) everyone. It's going to be quite a journey. Well, all will be revealed next week. But for now, it's a thank you for listening and a bye-bye from me. And bye-bye, you suckers, from me.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 